you know, we can uh, uh, be as polished and nice and all that as we can be. But when it comes down to it, man, we need Jesus, don't we? We need him. We need him. We need him. Uh, you know, my son, just saw him in the foyer there, in the lobby, I think it's called now. <laughs> Young people are teaching me. We've got to change some old words, Dad, they said, you know. <laughs> and uh, he was at work and got crushed in a piece of equipment. And uh, it should have ended his life. And the man that was there lifted the several thousand pound thing off of him and pulled him out. And later, many guys came and tried to pick that thing up later and couldn't bud budget. <laughs> tell me, tell me, eh, that God isn't powerful to save. Tell me that God is not powerful to deliver. Tell me that God is not powerful to heal. Huh? He's our deliverer. Huh? He is our deliverer. We can put our hope and our trust in him. And uh, some people say, Pastor Greg, why are you so excited about the Lord? Why are you so fanatical? And I say, because God has been good to me. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a rule. You know, someone didn't come and tell me if you want a paycheck, you better be, you better be passionate. No, uh, God, has, God has encountered me. There's been divine moments, moments <laughs> where we've called out on God to be merciful. Not that we've deserved it. You know, people think, oh, you're a pastor, you know, God must want to treat you special. No, 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 no. God wants to encounter you. He wants to be merciful to you. Uh, Paul said if we call on the name of the Lord, we'd be saved. Right? Sometimes we've got this idea that we've got to have some fancy things going on. And I want to just encourage you, sometimes it's in our desperation. It's in our humility. It's in our, it's in our times of of repentance like we uh, were hearing in the service in the worship and so man I just want to encourage you let's be let's be ridiculous in our faith let's not be afraid huh let's not be afraid to be radical and and uh, and look look uh, foolish in our devotion of Jesus in our worship of Jesus in our pursuit of Jesus okay you with me? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm with you. And some of you are like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm too reserved. I'm too Canadian. <laughs> that, might, that might make me look stand out or something. Uh, I just wrote down a note to remind next Sunday, first Sunday of the month, we're going to have a giving uh, Sunday. So opportunity in worship to bring, if you have an offering, a tithe you want to bring, uh, physically in worship, you're going to have an opportunity so you can be prepared for that next Sunday. And uh, that will be during the worship uh, going on right on. So let's uh, jump into the Word. So we're, uh, I announced last week we're going to be starting this series called Transformed, which I kind of introduced last week on Easter. Wasn't that a great Sunday together last week? Man, it's so awesome seeing uh, uh, different ones baptized and being with the children and the worship. Man, wasn't that fantastic, that solo, the old rugged cross, huh? Tell me that wasn't cool. That was just amazing. I just loved that. And all the different things that were going on, and people were online, uh, people responding to Christ, 
uh, man, it's fantastic to see what God is doing in people's lives, and we're very encouraged. And so we're just uh, in this series over this next month for sure uh, uh, on the power of the cross, on the power of the cross. So really what we're talking about when we talk about the power of the cross is we're talking about suffering, <laughs> we're talking about dying, and we're talking about resurrection, right? Those are the three things in the cross. We're talking about suffering, we're talking about dying, and we're talking about resurrection. So you can't have a resurrection without a dead body. So there's got to be suffering and dying in order to get to resurrection. So some of, the, some of uh, this preaching might be a little, bit, a little bit of a challenge for us, right? God might challenge our hearts a little bit. And uh, I'm praying that he is going to challenge my heart and your heart as well, that he brings us not into suffering and and uh, challenges, but he brings us into resurrection. <laughs> Anybody need a resurrection? Huh? Anybody need some help in a relationship? Anybody need some help in, uh, in some direction for your life, in, in, uh, in your uh, ability to follow the Lord and your faith and so on? I believe that we could all uh, use a little bit of help here and there. And in this case, we're talking about a lot of help. <laughs> we're talking about a lot of help. We're talking about laying our lives down for Jesus. And so let's pray and we'll jump into the word. Lord, thank you for your word. And we just release your word into our hearts. Not just to teach us, God, which is powerful that your Holy Spirit wants to teach us. Lord, we, we say where we need to be taught, soften our hearts and find us to be teachable. Lord, that we would learn and grow. And then, Lord, also transform us. We don't want to be the same. We're tired of things being the same. Same old way. Going around the same old problems over and over. The same old temptations. The same old failures. We want to see those things broken and resurrection life come. So we release your word to come in power into our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we're talking about this series, Transform, we're talking about changing your hell into heaven. Is there some hell in your life? You got something going on in your life where you say, man, this is more like hell than heaven. <laughs> well, this is the goal of our series of the Word of God is to bring us into some heaven. And uh, First uh, Peter 1 verse 3, we read this scripture last week, says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. And if you're reading that in the, in the Bible, and not, it was in all caps, this word hope is capitalized. Right? The living hope. Because it's not talking about a wish list or, you know, I, I hope something happens. No. What that verse is talking about is Jesus. <laughs> he's our living hope. Right? He's our, he's our redeemer. He's the one that offers us Resurrection. We find living hope through resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, Jesus' act of love has the power to make you and I new. The transformation he wants to do in us is not a repair job. You know, he's not just getting the bondo out and uh, filling up a few dents and sanding it off and putting on a coat of paint. No, he wants to, he wants to renew you renew me he wants to 
wants to make us new. Made new, the scripture says. We are made new. The cross is an instrument of death, but it also has, uh, also is the path that led to Jesus' resurrection. You can't have a resurrection without a death. Are you facing a loss? Is there something broken in your life? Something that feels like it's beyond repair, seems beyond repair. Well, the cross can lead you to a resurrection. That's why we want to look to the cross. We need to be careful, though, that we're not following into a legalistic or religious mindset on this. And that is that every time we uh, uh, make a mistake, every time we have a failure, we can get tempted that we need to go back and nail Jesus back on the cross and we need to get re-saved and we need to go through all this religion and I'm telling you, we don't want to go there. We're not talking about that at all. In the New Testament, we see Paul use this style of teaching to help us grasp the reality of our faith. For instance, he tells us in the book of Romans that our old man or our old Uh, self, our flesh, was crucified with Christ. Tells us this in Romans chapter 6. So that we could no longer, or we would no longer be slaves to sin. Isn't that good news? We're crucified with Christ, so we're no longer slaves to sin. This is called positional faith, right? I don't think any of you were really crucified. Were you? I don't see any of you, anybody have nail scars or anything like that. No, you weren't. He's talking about this is our position. This is a position of our lives by faith that we, we are who we are because of what Jesus has done. Um, he set us free also in that act from sin. God sees us as free. Anybody here ever feel like you're not free from sin? Come on, be honest. Positionally, we're free from sin, but practically, we sometimes struggle with sin. Am I I talking just to myself here? You guys are being very quiet. Pastor Greg's going to make me put up my hand and everybody's going to see. Everybody's going to see that I have a struggle. (laughs) I know you have a struggle. The Bible says if we say we are without sin, we are a liar. <laughs> so don't be a liar. <laughs> Let's just be humble. Let's be real. That we all struggle with sin. We all are tempted. We all have, have temptations that we deal with. But Paul was saying, positionally, your old man, your old self, the who you used to be was crucified with Christ. And your sin has uh, been dealt with and you're set free. And God sees you as free. You know, God sees you because of that as his child. And he loves you. He loves you. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more than he loves. Because you know why? Because Jesus has done it all. He's done it all. He's done it for you. You can know. You can know the love of God because of Jesus. Then Paul goes on to say, because of who you are, Positionally, it will no doubt affect who you are practically. So if you're without sin positionally, it's going to have effect on who you are practically. Right? 
Because you've been set free from sin, now sin's no longer your master. And you can live with a new master, and that is Jesus. He's our deliverer. He's our redeemer. He's our righteous one. This is called coming into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I'm preaching the kingdom of God. I'm inviting you into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the spiritual realm or the spiritual place where God's reigning in our lives. Now, let's just take this a little example. So in our church, we have elders. And uh, when our elders are uh, appointed, uh, they're given authority over the church. And one of the things they're given uh, as an indicator that they have authority in the church is they're given keys to the building. They have keys for every room in the building. They can go into my office. They can go into the janitor's room and play with the vacuum cleaner. They can do anything they want in the church. They can come and go freely any time of the day or the night. That is their position, right? That's their position as elders. They can do it. However, if they come into the building, they're going to have to come in through the door with the alarm system. And they're going to have to disarm the alarm. You know why? Because if they don't, the alarm system don't care. If they're elders, they don't care. If they're thieves, they don't care. That alarm system is going to go off and it's going to phone the police. And the police are going to treat the elders just like they would treat anyone else. Right? They're going to phone somebody and say, has this person got permission to be in this building? Right? They, they could be a thief. They could be an elder. But if they don't use their position practically, see what I'm getting at? You have a position, but it's got to work itself out practically, right? And uh, so that's just a little simple illustration. Seven, Matthew 7, Jesus said it this way. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few will find it. So he's saying there are people, lots of people that will know, but won't, they won't make the effort to live out their faith practically. Jesus said an easy way in life is not the way to the kingdom of God. It's the more intentional life is what he's saying. It's a life you and I have to think about. And choose to live. If we're just going along with the crowd, we're not going to likely get there. We have to intentionally make the decision, make the choice to take the path less followed. He told his disciples, if you have ears, this is how he said it to them. If you have ears to hear, then hear and choose. That's what he said in the book of Mark. He said to them, if you have ears to hear, then hear and choose, right? So that's what Jesus is saying to us. The path to the kingdom of God is one that we're going to have to hear and choose. So if we have a struggle with sin, if we have a struggle with temptation, one of the reasons why is because we're not hearing and we're not choosing to walk the path to freedom, right? So that's where I'm getting at. Jesus said the easy way 
in life is not the way to the kingdom. It's going to be the more intentional way. Today we want to talk about a key to the kingdom of God that will lead us to life and lead us to freedom over temptation. So I want to tell you something about me as we do that. I have an adventurous heart. I have a bit of a visionary heart. I, I have new ideas. I never have problems with new ideas. I have new ideas. Uh, sometimes they're my ideas. Sometimes I believe they're God ideas. And, and another thing that happens to me is every time I see a new truck or a new Jeep, I just get this idea that that would be a good thing for me to have. Huh? I, that would be a great thing. And I, and I start to think of all the reasons why I should have that new truck or that new Jeep or whatever it is. And, I, you know, I can think of 12 reasons why I should have it and, and uh, why I need one. And Carla is exactly the opposite. You know, if we have a vehicle, she would drive that thing until it turned into a pile of rust. It would just, there's no, what's the point? This is a perfectly good vehicle, paid for, you know, I'm happy, gets us to point A to point B, and uh, that's just the way she is. She's the opposite of me. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, the kingdom of God is not a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Which do you choose? <laughs> Which do you choose? And then, and then he says, he goes on to say, this is Paul. Should I come with a rod to punish you? Or should I come with love and a gentle spirit? So I want you to know today, I'm not coming with a rod to punish you to choose the, the kingdom of God. I'm coming to you with love and I trust a gentle spirit because I need it. Right? I'm just making that confession that I have a mind that sometimes wants to go for what's easiest or what I think is best and not always what God wants. So I want also to be able to walk free from the battles of temptation. And someone who battles with temptation um, um, can be free from temptation. And if we learn these keys. So Paul asked this question, what do you choose? Ask that question. Which do you choose? Do we want to follow the principles that lead to life? Of course we do. Don't we? Huh? That's a silly question. Pastor Greg, why would you even bother asking that? Of course we want life. Of course we want, we want freedom. Of course we want to be blessed. Until we find out it's very costly. It's very hard. <laughs> then it becomes a more difficult it becomes more difficult. It becomes a more difficult decision. So Romans 14, verse 7 through 9 says this. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. We, if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason Christ died and return to life so that he might be both Lord, of, or be Lord of both the dead and the living. So what he's saying is, you know, we have choices. But Jesus wants us 
to make him the Lord of our lives and to choose his way. Let, letting him decide where we're going to go, how we're going to live. That's what he's saying. We have to choose the kingdom for life. We must let go of the old life. <laughs> we have to, we have to, uh, um, I'm just going to grab a chair here. Hopefully I'm grabbing this not from the wrong angle. Let me take your footstool. In our lives, we have a throne. And mo most of us try to get on there, you know, in our decision making. Say, you know, this is my life. I'll decide what I do. Right? And Jesus is saying, I decide. I decide for the living and the dead. <laughs> I'm the Lord. And he's asking us, you know, to get off the throne and get on our knees. And say, Lord, will you sit, please sit on the throne of my life. That's one of the keys to the kingdom of God. That we make him the Lord of our lives. We trust him to lead our lives. We trust him that he knows what is best for us. And that he's going to lead us to freedom over sin. Right? That's how it goes. That's, that's really one of the powerful principles of the kingdom of God. When we do surrender to God, we're surrendering not to his punishment. We're surrendering to that, that uh, willingness to wrestle with the choice of fuller, fully surrendering our lives, right? That's what we're talking about. Matthew 10, Jesus said it this way in verse 38 and 39. If you cling to your life, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Wow. Are you still in? <laughs> Are you still ready to choose? Are you still ready? Which do you choose, Paul said? <laughs> Which Are you still ready to choose? Jesus said... Uh, uh, this, will you, uh, if we would lose our life, if we'd give it up, we would find it. Uh, Gregism, I put it this way, play now and you'll pay later. Or pay now and you'll play later. <laughs> That's how it goes. Are you finding, are you finding that you go around the same thing in your life, the same problem, the same challenge, the same struggle, the same battle. If we will pay now, we can play later. It's, it's about ending the struggle by making Jesus the Lord of our lives. The principle Jesus is teaching us is that the path to the kingdom is not always the easy path or the one that we want to choose in the natural and Jesus modeled it for us by choosing the cross. And we'll talk about that in future weeks a little bit more. Uh, why he chose the cross. The kingdom of God, the Bible says in Romans 14, is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's really the, it's the realm or the spiritual realm of the rule of God. This is a life that's set free 
by God, set free from hurts, set free from bondages, and set free from temptation. You know, when Jesus told us we would have to give up our life, he wasn't saying we would have to literally die, okay? Not talking about that. If you're struggling in your mind, in your heart, with thoughts of ending your life, this is not what Jesus is talking about, right? We're not talking about that. And I encourage you, if you're having, if you're having thoughts like that, don't, don't allow those things to overcome you. Don't live in those thoughts by yourself. Talk to somebody that you trust and love. Jesus was telling, uh, not telling us that he was punishing us for our sin. The scripture is very clear. He took our punishment. He took our shame. He took our sin upon himself on the cross. And he provides the redemption of our sin. It's the gift of God, right? That's the, that's the powerful good news of the gospel in Romans chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, sorry. It's the gift of God so that no one can boast. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. What Jesus meant is that the path to freedom in the kingdom of God would cost him and it would cost us something. That freedom in Christ is going to cost. He said it this way in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. When Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. <laughs> this is exciting, isn't it? <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Not because it's an easy message, but it's a freedom message. Do you want to be free? Do you want to see resurrection power come into your life? Do you want to stop going around the mountains of temptation? Aren't you, aren't you fed up with it? Aren't you through with it? Aren't, don't you want to live a new life? Well, Jesus said this is, the, this is how we do it. This is the principle. Number one, he said deny yourself, which means to stop fulfilling your fleshly desires. So that, that struggle that we have with our flesh, that struggle with, that we have is, is that, that uh, uh, battle that we go through. And so, sometimes we think, oh, a battle, that, that can't be good. <laughs> well, a battle is good. Jesus is saying, deny yourself. When the battle rises up, decide you're going to fight it. That's what he said. Fight the battle. When temptations rise up, don't give in to them, but fight them. Then he says, take up your cross. Allow your fleshly desire to die. That's what he's saying. Allow that thing that wants you to follow it, allow that thing to die. That's why we don't feed fleshly desires. Because it causes them to live, right? He says, let them die. And then he says, follow me, which is live in resurrection life and freedom. You know, our struggle with temptation is not punishment from God. It's the battle we face when we wrestle with our flesh as we're being obedient to God, right? We're obedient to God. We're, we're obeyers of God. We're followers of God. We have hearts after God. And this should not surprise us. Our flesh will always pick what it wants. And this is always opposed to what will turn our hell into heaven. Your flesh will always pick what's going to turn your life into hell. Not 
the other way around. Now, you know, sometimes I think we think just our struggle as, you know, really illicit sin. I want to challenge you young people. That Jesus called young men and women to lay down their lives and follow him. Give up their lives for him. And you don't hear that message in school. You know, the guidance counselor is not saying, you know, what has Jesus asked you? What, what has Jesus asked you? Lay down your life for him? He's asked you to lay down your life and, and to, to choose to follow him no matter what. Or is it, just, is it just, oh, you're gifted and you should go into sciences or you should go into, into a social work or you should go into, into uh, uh, mechanical or trades work. You know, these are the kinds of things that we often are faced with. But Jesus said to his disciples, will you deny the message of the world? Will you deny the comfort of the world? Will you deny what makes sense to the world and lay down your life for me? That's what he said. That's what he's saying. And I, you know, sometimes, you know, Jesus is going to call us, you know, call me into pastoral work. He might he called my kids into different kinds of vocations and work. And that's good. We need to obey what Jesus is calling us into. I just want you to know that Jesus is going to call people into giving their lives to serve him and follow him in ministry. And it's not going to make sense. Parents, what if your child says, you know, I feel like I should be going to YWAM. They're like, all the normal kids are going to university. <laughs> Do we have room? Do we have room to, for Jesus to speak? Do we have Jesus, uh, room for Jesus to call us? In Romans 8, verse 5 and 6, he says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So let's, letting your sinful nature, uh, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. See, the key is what Paul is saying here is how we will get released from that domination of temptation and sin is by choosing what we will think about. That's what he says here. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. The key to overcoming temptation, Paul said, is to change what we think about. When the battle of temptation comes, when our flesh begins to suffer, <laughs> when that, that opportunity to go against what we know will please God surfaces and raises itself up to us, when we think about Jesus... And what he's done for us and what pleases him, Paul said, will lead us to life. Now, you know, I personally, telling a couple stories about myself today, just so this can be real. I 
have had a struggle with temptation. And the temptation in my life is to control things. It's partly because of how I was raised. Uh, I was raised in a very disordered home. Lots of dysfunction. And part of how I responded to that was control. What I could control, I controlled. Huh? It was kind of, it became kind of a, a fallback for me. And then some of the situations I got into caused me to reach for the control lever. And so I've struggled with control. Sometimes, even in my marriage, in my family, in my home, raising my kids, I've wanted to control. <laughs> Hurry up and sit down and just do what you're told. <laughs> you know, like, oh, man. You, you know, uh, it came to me the other, other day. Uh, we bought our, our grandkids new bikes, and my granddaughter went whipping by me. She said, hey, Grandpa, look at me. And I said, look out, because <laughs> I knew what was coming. I just wanted to grab the handlebars and control. <laughs> and she smashed into her brother, and they all went flying. <laughs> and, and being very not very merciful, I said, uh, next time you better look where you're going. <laughs> Instead of just hugging her. I've struggled with control. When I struggle with control, this is how I deal with it. I think about Jesus. I think about Jesus. You know what Jesus did? He entrusted. He entrusted others. He gave up control. <laughs> he entrusted me. He entrusted you with his very most beautiful bride, the church. He entrusted us. He gave us his mission. Amazing, isn't it? He gave it to us. And j just getting our eyes on Jesus, wrapping our mind around how he lived our lives is one thing, but also surrendering our lives to his life also gives him opportunity to do his resurrection work, resurrection power in our lives. The writer of Hebrews, and I'm going to close with this scripture, shows us this very thing in the scripture of how the cross gives us power over temptation. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. This is what he says. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great crowd or a huge crowd of witnesses to this life on earth, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, every temptation. <laughs> especially the sin that so easily trips us up. He's speaking to me here. Greg, let go of that control, that control that you have, that you've got to hang on to the thing, and you've got to make people do it how you want it. You've got to give that up. <laughs> you've got to start trusting people. You've got to start trusting me. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping, here it is, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion. You know what that means? He won. He won. 
That's what that means, that champion. He won, not we won. We didn't do it on our own strength. He did it. He initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame. He endured the cross. He endured the suffering. He endured it for us. And now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you've not given your lives in your struggle against sin. How are we set free, Paul said? By getting our eyes on Jesus, the champion, the one who wins, the one that perfects our faith, the one who endured the cross. He went to the cross and he has resurrection power in his hand. He endured sinful people so that we will not become weary and give up. Just invite you to close your eyes with me this morning. We're not just here to learn. <laughs> We're not just here to learn about Pastor Greg's flesh and struggles. We're here to see how Jesus brings us the victory to live in the kingdom of God. And he's asking us, which will we choose? Will we make the decision? Will we make the decision or will we go around the same old mountain of struggle, same old mountain of temptation? Are we willing to let that thing die? Are we willing to get our eyes on our champion? Are we willing for a resurrection <laughs> to come into our lives? And I just want you to know, the thing that opens the door to acceptance is repentance. It's repentance. It's a humble heart. It's a asking Jesus to please sit on the throne of my life and take control, take charge, be the Lord, be the leader, be the redeemer, be the one that brings resurrection power. So I'm just going to give you that opportunity. I can't, I can't put into words the prayer you need to pray. You know the struggle that you've faced. You know the challenge that's in fr been in front of you in your life. And I'm just going to encourage you. Let's just give it to God. Let's give it to him right now. Let's give it to him. Let's, which will you choose? <laughs> He's saying, which will you choose? Are you going to just keep going around? Are you just going to keep playing in it? Are you just going to say, There's, I've tried it before. I can't get free. Are you just going to keep sitting on the throne of your life? Well, Jesus is asking you, will you give up control? Which will you choose? Which road are you going to walk? Are you going to walk down the wide road? Or are you going to choose to get off that wide path and get on the narrow path that leads to life? I'm asking you today, which will you choose? And you can just make that into a prayer right now in Jesus' name. Be humble. Let's be repentant. Let's call out to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you have the power to help us in our lives. And, Lord, we want to first say, 
we, we, we repent. Lord, we just repent where we've held control, where we've, 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 uh, we've uh, uh, not given up the lordship of our lives, where we've just stayed in charge. Lord, we just say, take, take the seat, take the throne. We just bow to you, Lord. We kneel to you, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we ask, Lord, you'd help us to get our eyes on you. Our eyes on you, our hope in you, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for resurrection power to come into us. This is not a battle of our will. This is not a battle of just some spit and polish. But Lord, we're asking you would renew us. You would remake us. You would resurrect us in Jesus' name. Amen.